Kaiju FM. Come find your niche. I know what you're going to say, and I'm going to stop you, because we say it's hot a lot. Yeah, but it's hot a lot. Well, yeah, but that's that, like the reason we say it's hot a lot is because it's hot a lot. Yeah, but it's not great radio, is it? Are we doing great radio? That's a fair point. <laughs> Welcome back to the Space Jam Continuum, the show where we try to make a cohesive cinematic universe out of something that was never meant to be one. I'm Chris McLennan. I'm Carl Noble. And I think last time we came to two big conclusions. Bugs, one, as, a, bugs as a whole. Bugs' final form is a whole. Yeah. Potentially the portal. Potentially the portal. Yeah. Uh, and two, uh, a Pringle-shaped and sized digestive biscuit would be enjoyable. Yes, yeah, yeah. Which I think was probably one of the biggest realisations we've come to in the entire three seasons we've been doing this. Yeah, I don't really know if anything in a cartoon prompted that. I don't think it did. I don't even know why we ended up on it, but, but we, we def- did. We definitely did wind up there, so... We did. Uh, we, we also, uh, we had a little bit of um, little Red Riding Hood and uh, Sylvester, bit of Tweety action going on. Yeah, um, it didn't it didn't give us very much, but like... No. Gave us another granny in the mix. Yep, it was a different granny. Uh, and possibly a load of grannies on a bus at the end being brought under the thrall of Tweety Prime. Yes. Uh, so, you know, I hope that brings everyone up to speed. For those of you just joining us, I'm really sorry. <laughs> you uh, should go and listen to uh, some of our end of season episodes. Yeah, our catch-up bits. Uh, that, uh, you know, really cover the basics because... Uh, That's not going to do it. It's it's all deep cuts now. Like, can you imagine if you listen to this the very first time and it's like, hello, welcome to Space Shark Cartoon, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Bugs is a hole. <laughs> yeah, Bugs is a hole. Bugs is... And get, potentially the get portal. With the, get with the fucking program. Yeah. And... Like, that's not a place to jump two feet in, is it? Yeah, so, you know, if you are just jumping in, uh, at Go the end of the bit. previous two seasons, we've done recaps of the the whole thing, and they're good places to start. Yep. Otherwise, uh, you, you're just getting Bugs <laughs> as a whole. So, now we all know that Bugs is a whole, uh, what have we got going on today? We've got uh, some Elmer Fudd, some Sylvester and Tweety, and uh, Johnny. Have we had Johnny before? No. Quite often, there's just a name on there. And like when it's just a normal name, yeah, it's. Just, I can never remember if it's someone we've encountered before. No, or not. I, I mean, I don't think so. It's potential we have. What is interesting though, if you look at the sidebar on this, it's a cameo by Tweety at the beginning, and apparently it's the only pairing of Elmer Fudd and Tweety. Has that never happened? Apparently not. I'm wondering whether or not um, Elmer and Tweety are kind of like just opposing forces. They got quite similar. Head, head size. to body yeah. ratio, but we know that's because Elmer was once an egghead. Maybe Tweety was once an egghead. Tweety's got some weird stuff going on, anyway. Like, yeah. But I presumed the size of each individual Tweety's head, because there's lots of Tweety's, as we yeah. know. Each individual Tweety's head was just to uh, fit in all the uh, blue beak equipment. Yeah, I mean, you'd think so, because back because back then, I mean, Tweety is quite small, but the technology would have been quite big. Yeah. Exactly, and it's, it's probably just, tubes just and needs things. to be able to communicate with Tweety Prime, yeah. who is presumably still on a, an island somewhere. I mean, we've no reason to think not. In a pod, 
yeah. throwing more tweeties in pods to yeah. send out into the world to to enthrall grannies. Ah, big question. What colour liquid are they growing in, do you think? I mean, I've, always, I've always pictured it as green. Green liquid, okay. Yeah, I, I mean, but I don't know. I don't know if that's just the lighting. Like, oh, could be, yeah. I imagine tweet a big sort of grotesque version tweet. The body's the same size as a regular yeah, yeah, tweet, yeah, I think. Yeah. Like a little massive, body. giant tweety head. Yeah. Tubes Black, coming from it. Black eyes suspended by tubes and pipes yeah. into the edge of this That pod. looks slightly organic. Yeah. Yeah. Like, But like the body's just sort of hanging there, vestigial underneath, like doesn't have any yeah. use for that anymore. And then there's little bubble sort of things around the pod Yeah. in which you can just see these silhouettes of these like like malformed little tweety like embryos. Fetuses. Yeah. So that's my feeling. No, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, you're painting me a good word picture there. Thanks. That's all right. I, 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 I've pictured it a lot. Yeah. I no. know exactly what Tweety Prime looks like on this island. <laughs> I don't know what the lair looks like, but I imagine it's in a cave behind a waterfall, ideal in a mountain that from a certain angle looks like a, a bird's skull. Well, I mean, the good thing is there's probably loads of people out there who are willing to do loads of like, nice fan art for us. Oh, yeah. So, so, so someone will draw this up and they'll probably tweet this right over to us. Straight, straight I reckon by over. next week... We're gonna have a tweet of exactly what Tweety Prime looks like. Yeah, because we get so many. Because we get so many tweets. We do like constant. Honestly, it's a full time job. And oh. I think the reason we get so many tweets is because we uh, use social media so effectively. Ninjas at it, mate. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, in no uncertain terms, <laughs> no one knows we've been there. No, so subtle. Leaving breadcrumbs here, breadcrumbs yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> just like a ninja Break in a sandwich. Yeah. yeah. Shall we watch a cartoon? Yeah, go on then. Okay, so we're watching uh, Air Conditioned. Air as in, uh, like, the heir to the throne. Uh, It's an Elmer Fudd, Sylvester, Tweety and Johnny number from November 26th, 1955. Let's see what we got. Right, so our conclusions about uh, black cats and luck and uh, having some white patches uh, might hold some water because yeah, uh, Sylvester, Sylvester in the money. He's yeah, so he's just inherited uh, three million dollars. No, he in- inherited a million dollars, and it got up to three million through the Chinese whispers of the cat and the cats. In ah, the right. So okay, so he's so he's got a million. I mean, he how, did, how from- did he end up where he is? I don't know, but it's not the first time he's just sort of installed himself in a house as a pet. No, this is true. And I think this is just the same. He's just managed to get in with someone rich who was about to die. Yeah, and then they did, and he ended up with all the money. Yeah, I think her name was like Sarah Van Schmoot or something like that. And then, for some strange reason, Elmer Fudd is the accountant that that the the family keeps. He was in the the paper as financial advisor to Rich Cat. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I guess he must in some way have established himself in that sort of role. And he's been in the money before as well. Well, th- see, that's why I'm thinking he's ended up there. Because I think he's probably trying to get people to invest in his company. Yes, very possibly. Uh, I can't remember what his company was or if we even decided what it ha- was. Uh, wasn't, it, wasn't it oil? Or am I thinking of No, Gabby? Porky Pig and... Grumpy Goat. Gabby Goat. Gabby Goat uh, struck oil. Yeah. Uh, and 
then squandered it. I presume Gabby Goat still works yeah, in the industry. I, yeah, I, I, we I, never I think... saw Gabby Goat again. No. Whereas Porky fell from fell from grace in that regard immediately. Yeah. So I, I don't know what where, where Elmer's money came from, but I think he's probably trying to get more investment by maybe posing himself as as a financial as a financial advisor. Advisor. Uh, so I mean, the thing I found interesting mainly about this episode, so like it pretty much hinges around uh, all of Sylvester's street cat buddies, yeah, trying to get the money, and then they realise that Elmer won't let him spend the money. He wants him to invest the money. Yeah. And so they're sort of trying to help him get to the point where he can spend his money, still in the hope that he'll share it with them. Which I'm assuming he probably would. And in the end, uh, Elmer manages, uh, not intentionally to convince, but it it works, to convince all the street cats that investment is the best option. Yeah, it's Uh, the way the economy's And it gets turned over to Elmer. Now, what I found interesting about that whole uh, aspect of the episode is that it was a pretty damning indictment of the uh, the poverty gap. <laughs> yes. it's, like, it's like, basically, this man with a lot of money yeah. has managed to convince a load of people with no money that the most important thing they can do is give what money they do have... To rich people. To the rich people. Yeah. Because that that will help everybody because out. Everyone, because everyone, because that's the only way the quality of life improves. Yeah. And they've shown a video of humans, yeah, uh, who are having a, a lovely time. And these cats that at the start he was eating a, a skeleton, yeah, right, convinced them that actually the best thing to do is to give away this money to to rich people. Yeah. So you know it was. Not much has changed since 1955. Nope, nope. What I did find quite interesting about that video, though, is how quickly it convinced them. I'm wondering whether or not this was um, done by the same people who do the hypnotising books. The hypnotising books, Which yeah. doesn't doesn't appear to work on Sylvester. Because he watched the video as well, and he was not convinced. Which makes me think... No, he was only convinced when all his mates said yeah, to but, do it. But I and think even that, then he was, was annoyed about pressure. it. Yeah, I think that was just peer pressure. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm wondering if that video was done by the same people who did the hypnotizer books. Yeah, it was a very effective uh, it was piece of media. It was immediate, but you know, I mean, I it's 1955. I... Like it's yeah, it's, it's, it, we're we're in some deep Cold War times now, and uh, yeah, I mean the the capitalist the capitalist idea was fairly convincing. Well, it's whether or not it's spread to the universe. That's the thing. It definitely seems like it's starting to. That's true, because the only semblance of uh, communism we've really seen was Porkytopia way back in the yeah. day, way back in the and that and that was prior to prior to World War Two. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, we haven't really seen uh, communism as it existed during the Cold War no. represented at all. Even space racy no. sort of ones, it's not been. It's not been a Soviet thing yet, but we're not quite there not There's yet. a bit of lag. That's the thing, possibly. But then again, also we're looking at another decade, really, before it gets real thick. Before that's the big, the big yeah. forefront. But yeah, it's interesting because yeah, I mean, it, it's what I expect from a, a 1955 episode of like of Looney Tunes. But yeah, at the same time, yeah, it's kind of odd because it's like. We haven't seen anything that's damning the other side of that argument. Only no. we, we've only seen pro-capitalism 
things. We haven't seen any anti-communism things yet. But, but, but perhaps that is the way that their economy does work. But it, but it is quite interesting how, obviously, Elmer, with, as far as we know, no sort of like financial training whatsoever, uh, is in that position. But I guess you probably wouldn't need much financial training to convince people to invest if you've got a video that will just convince people to invest. That's true. I... You don't need any financial training. I mean, it's yeah, it's nice to. He's not th- an investor. It's nice to think that the writer of the good hypnotism book that you only have to read half a page of to be able to immediately hypnotise people yeah, is now branching out. Uh, it's good to know that he has been recognised as you know uh, an incredible well, uh, as long literary as his, force. As long as his powers aren't used for for evil, which they appear to be starting to be useful yeah but then his powers well they weren't his powers but the powers he described yeah in the hypnotism book were also used for questionable purposes well yeah but I mean, often. It, it's it's his power to i mean do, like do you think it's his do you think he scripted that or do you reckon he was the director or do you reckon he did the whole lot like do you think it's well, the also, scripting that does it I, I i mean i think i think it's definitely in the writing like i don't think in either thing, they've necessarily been his skill set or his beliefs. I think he's just very good at explaining yeah. things. How, how, how things work. Like his power is, is being able to uh, explain things yeah. incredibly succinctly. I mean, he's one to watch out for because if he's branching into media and yeah. he's got very loose morals as to what he's doing. Yeah, I think he's just, you know, a job's a job to him. Yeah, you just want to hope that Tweety doesn't get a hold of him and start pushing out some propaganda yeah Tweety didn't pop up as much in this episode I mean it did say it was going to be a cameo but Tweety did nothing Um, what was interesting though is other cats well I say other cats are hunting Tweety's not necessarily it might that might just be a coincidence that the bird that this cat was going after was a Tweety yeah necessarily it's not necessarily that they were hunting yeah I don't think they were hunting uh, Tweety specifically it was just a bird but they did all seem to know Sylvester so I'm wondering whether or not this is like an Assassin's Creed Brotherhood sort of bit uh, I mean, I did sort of wonder that, but then... Oh, no, because it's Elmer who kicks them out of the house, isn't it? Yes. So, they are his mates. Yeah. But I think they're just his, his mates uh, because they're on the street, cats. and, you know, he's just lucked out this time in where he's where he's set up yeah. shop. I presume they do the same thing all over the place. Because I presume the one that was in the, the birdcage... Probably, probably lived in that house. Probably had set up in that house for now yeah no uh, that makes a lot of sense like so i presume there was a granny in there as well but yeah i don't think it was targeted i think there are tweeties existing and other cats will get them yeah it's interesting to know that it's not entirely targeted at sylvester it's just sylvester it's like it reinforces the idea that it's sylvester on the hunt yes putting him deliberate himself deliberate in those positions not Tweeties are being sent yeah. to tackle Sylvester. Yes, yeah, yeah, yet. But yeah, I mean, it didn't answer a great deal, and but it has very much changed the uh, Sylvester and I guess Elmer situation. Uh, well, yeah, because Elmer's, Elmer's a paper. bit more secure financially in whatever enterprise uh, he's currently pursuing. Yeah, and Sylvester is still rich on paper, theoretically, as long as uh, the Elmer's don't go bad investment advice is solid which yeah. i don't really believe it is because no. he was reading a book just called investment <laughs> yeah and also had uh, a very basic economic education video to hand yeah. which i presume he'd only just watched which is why he's so convinced that investment is the answer rather than just trying to get the million dollars yes yeah yeah 
So, yeah, it's interesting. We'll, we'll have to see how uh, Sylvester and Elmer uh, are looking next time we see them, really. I think I've got a good idea of exactly how Sylvester's going to look. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but I think uh, for now, we should probably move on uh, to uh, the Hunger Games slash Running Man situation Yeah, uh, in a big desert dome <laughs> that we all love. Wiley in Roadrunner, presumably doing much of the same as before. Yeah, they know what they're about. Uh, so uh, let's just jump straight into it. This one's called Guided Muscle, a Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner number from December 10th, 1955. So, Guided Muscle. It's a hard-hitting look. Uh, uh, the life and times of a coyote who's real down on his luck. Uh, it's an absolute shocker, a gruelling six and a half minutes, uh, which, you know, I think are really well spent. Uh, the beginning, very, very poignant. Um, you know, it looks at the, the hard times that the coyote is going through, how he's boiling a can. And I think, you know, we can all, we can all kind of, you know, feel that pain you know because we've all boiled a can at some point in our life haven't we yeah i mean it's a slow it's a slow open Mm, but i think i think the film fills its time very well i think it does as well yeah you know it's not it's not a slog no it's it's it just it's evocative it makes you i mean you leave leave wanting more don't you you're like oh what, what how does this how is this truly going to end for Wiley, uh, and you know the the only answer is, is does he manage to make it out of the the horrible thing that he has trapped himself in? Because like that, there was a time, yeah, where you know he was he was lauded, he was celebrated. Oh yeah, I mean he was he was in, sponsored. He was sponsored. Oh, that's the key. Sponsored. But it's been a while since that's been the case. Yep. And yep. now he's boiling a can. Boiling a can, and, you know, he's he can't even, using the 10th edition of how to tar and feather a uh, roadrunner, he can't even make that machine anymore. No, absolutely not. Like, he's, he's clearly using old parts of old traps yep. these days. No, we, and is he just trying to hurt himself with some of these traps? I think so, because, I mean... He's lost his it's way. It's gone, like, because he used to have, like, blueprints and stuff, right? He yep. used to have a plan, he yep. used to do the maths... And it was uh, normally through the Roadrunner's sort of physics-defying powers. Yeah. Whereas now that he would injure himself. Now the Roadrunner doesn't need to do anything. The Roadrunner's just running about, basically ignoring him. I think he's the one that's sponsored now. I think that's. I think that's what we have to take away from this: is that you know the the, the tides have been flipped, and you know the yeah. the coyote is no longer no longer the golden child. Yeah, and I think. He's been trapped sans sponsorship in there for long enough that now he is just kind of trying to end it. Yeah. Like, a lot of those things, a lot of those traps, were yep. just definitely going to injure him. Like, Oh, Christ, yeah. He had a bow. He had an arrow head. Yeah. He could have just put it on a stick and fired the arrow. But he didn't. But he put it on his own face and fired himself out of a bow. I think we've all been there, though, haven't we? In the end, he quits. Yep. Now... I had been under the impression up until this point that very much wasn't an option. I still don't think it is. You can't just quit on life, Chris. Can't just quit on, li- qu- yeah, quit on life, can Yeah, but he can quit the telly show. I don't know if he can. Could Truman just quit? I mean, he did. He walked out of the bubble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But 
But I don't think it's a Truman Show situation. No, no, do I? But I don't know if Wiley's going to know dome, where the door is. The dome, I think, is a sort of Truman yeah, Show I, Westworld situation. I just don't think that that Wiley is in the right mind to remember where the door is. That's very, you know, very poignant. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 what guided muscle. The classic from 1955 really taught yeah. me. The name of this film does <laughs> not. Like- does not in any way conjure up the like in your mind the type of film it is. No, uh, like I, like Guided Muscle for me. If uh, if you change the title of Top Gun to Guided Muscle, I think it would be just as good. It would be identical. <laughs> like I think, like people would be like, oh yeah, you remember that that that, that classic film from the eighty Guided Muscle. I think the film Guided Muscle uh, brought to my brain was a uh, Broken Arrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which like, he became. He became a he broken did. arrow. Well, yeah, it all came full circle there. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, nothing has changed, right? No. We don't think. No, no. He still has no sponsorship. No sponsorship. He's, He's still stuck in the game. Yeah. He's tried to quit, but don't he would have happen. left by now if he could. I should think so. So I'm wondering if he just has to see out the contract regardless of whether he's got well, that's it. Like, like, like i don't think he's on a day rate i reckon he's i reckon he's on a contract so like he he has to complete the killing of the roadrunner to get paid you yeah. know and before he was he was working on sponsorship so the actual the company's not paying him he was working on kind of like t-shirts and cereal and like selling that sort of stuff on the back yeah to kind of keep things ticking over but now that the sponsorships have dried up all he's got is that big payout but that's not coming until he until he takes care of the Roadrunner. Yeah. Or I, I imagine also it comes to his, uh, at least his next of kin, if the Roadrunner deals with him. Mm. I think the contract is probably seen out regardless, because that's yeah. why I think a lot of people would go in for this sort of battle oh, royale yeah, situation yeah. in the first place. Because you're like, going to sort your family out it's one like, way or another. Because really, if 60 people go in, yeah. and 59 of them are going to die, yeah. there has to be a reason you would go in for that level of a gamble, right? Oh, of course, yeah. And I think that is that the payout is coming whether you cop it or not. Yeah, big stakes, big payout. It's for your family. Yeah. Uh, do we think Ralph Wolf is his family? His family? They look very similar. Possibly a cousin. Possibly a cousin. Because he's Wiley Coyote and he's Ralph Wolf. I mean, they've got li- different last names, so yeah. related, but they'll have to be cousins. Yeah, but I'm just wondering, we haven't really seen anyone else who, who is his family, right? No, we have seen a lot of other coyotes, though. We've seen him also At working another job. Wiley? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Was that was a, a door, while door salesman, ago, wasn't he? That was a while ago, though. That was, but it wasn't before Roadrunner, was it? No. Or was it? But no, no, it wasn't. But I'm, I'm thinking possibly during that time, he had a bit more freedom because he had he had the money. Maybe he has to pay to get out. Yeah, maybe maybe you can buy out. Or may, may, maybe he's lost his badge. Or he kept it in the same pocket as his mobile phone and yeah. it's, it's wiped it or something. Do you think it's like a hotel? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, oh god, you get you get your room. You like you you tap and you're like, what? What? And he and he has to buy another one, but he can't afford it. Can't afford he's it. Boiling he's a boiling can. can. <laughs> yeah. Spend the last bit of his money on water to boil the can. I mean, I don't want to dwell on it too much because we've nothing's changed. But no. I, you but, know. but I did. I did think of uh, Guided Muscle. Uh, if you were to recreate Top Gun, but you put Val Kilmer as the main character, that could be then called Guided Muscle. You just do the same story, but exactly like, the same. But, but Val frame, Kilmer but frame it like differently. Yeah, it's it's from the position of uh, Iceman. Yeah, rather than Maverick. Right. Well, that's a tick. We'll pitch that. <laughs> Maybe that's how we get is, is Guided Top, Muscle. Is Top Gunner Warner Brothers job. Maybe that's how we get the Warner Brothers dollar. Maybe we've been going about this all wrong. 
Maybe. I mean, there, there, there is going to be a Top Gun 2. It is due to come out. Oh, yeah, I forgot. It's already made and everything. Yeah. I think it might have already been I out. Think I, it, I think it's been and gone. Is it? I think oh. so. What? That's the sort of thing I wanted to see. The cinema. God damn you, lockdown. It's a hard life, isn't it? Damn you. Do you know who else it's a hard life for? <laughs> Sylvester. <laughs> and, um, well, so... Oh, uh, the drunk stock again. Yeah. So, Butch. Yeah. Jay Bulldog. Yeah. And Poppy. Just Poppy. Just, just Poppy. So, I mean, quickly... Give an overview of what we think this is going to be then, because the drunken stork he's cropped up a lot uh, yeah. ever since. I'm thinking he's delivering a puppy to Butch Bulldog, but he's. Go- I reckon Sylvester's going to end up with the puppy delivered to him instead. Oh yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's Butch J Bulldog. It's not Butch J Bulldog. Yeah, it's that, that, that's that's one person. But that's not that's a different bulldog to what um, Sylvester normally deals with. Well, yeah, absolutely, but what. Is interesting is this drunken stork is presumably still employed if he's still delivering a puppy. Yeah. Even though he's they're been responsible for some major fuck-ups. Yeah, but I think they're all on it now. They were unionised though, weren't they? Yeah. Because they had a big strike. Yeah. So like maybe they just can't yeah, fire I don't, him. I don't think they can get rid of him. Like. Well, let's have a look. Uh, this one's called Pappy's Puppy. It's a Sylvester, Drunken Stork, Butch J Bulldog and Puppy number from December 17th, 1955. <laughs> So, Drunk Stork's turned his life around. Yeah, he's not drunk. Yeah, I mean... I, I think, think just calling them Stork is a bit... A bit odd, though. It, it makes him... It, like, I don't know. It, it makes him sound like a, a like a known entity. Yeah. Stork! Stork! In, in my, my office. office now, yeah. <laughs> I want to have words with you. You're sober. You've cleaned your act up. What are you playing at? We've been selling this, this good baby oh. delivery company and your drunken antics for decades. And now, now you've sobered up. What have you done? Well, what are you going to do? Take the puppies to the to dogs the and, to the, and the kittens to the cats? God, stalk. Look, stalk. <laughs> so, yeah, he's... So that's he's, why they call him drunken stalk. Exactly, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean... The, the, it's I don't know it's a pretty pretty standard episode really. Um, yeah, I mean I, th- I think they've introduced a, a new bulldog character to fill Butch, yeah, like basically just to fill any non Hector Hector roles these yeah. days. Like, well, because like like Butch is a very very classic one that I remember from a lot of, uh, a lot of the sort. I of, remember um, the walk, like yeah. where he sort of turns his legs around. And it's like a gorilla body. Yeah, and he, he is teaching that to the to the little one to the little one. Uh, so. A few questions in the setup of this, like so, it opens on the cat and dog hospital. Yeah, and uh, he like oddly, at that point, like the doctor comes in with yeah. the child, and it's only later on that drunken stork delivers the rest, the rest, of, rest the litter. of the litter. But maybe it's because one maybe one came uh, ahead of time. And yeah, then, possibly. Like, like, if you order a few things from Amazon and you don't tick the all arrive at the same time bit. Yeah. So, like, I'm I'm wondering whether or not um, the hospital was just like a delivery centre. Yeah, maybe it's just a depot. Yeah. You've got to pick up your kid from the depot. Yeah. And it's like, it was, oh, all... it was meant to be nine. It's like, oh, we've only got one for you, sir. Yeah. So like, like, we've we've looked around out we'll back. Forward but... the rest to your home address, free of charge. Yeah. Uh, but my question. So, obviously, Sylvester was rich on paper before. When we first saw him here, I thought he'd either just set up in another house or had been allowed enough to purchase himself a modest property. Yeah. But then Butch uh, and the kid live there, 
and so why would Sylvester have done that? Well, so- see, I, he he was just chilling out back. That was the thing. Like he he wasn't in the property. He was he was on the street outside, just having a little nap by a wooden thing. So because he, because the puppy was chasing the ball. So he's not out. even living in the house anymore. No, I mean, but, like, or do you think he just does that? I like, mean, like sometimes I go to and have a, have a sit on a bench. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't stop living in my flat. Yeah, I suppose it. Like to me, it was weird because he's just asleep on the floor, but then he's a cat. It's cat, like cats do that, that's don't his they? Thing. Yeah, like that's like, his sort of back to nature thing. Like when you yeah. go off wild camping, Sylvester's is to go to like an alley somewhere. He's yeah, he, just, he wants to go back to his roots. Yeah, back to something that's a bit more doesn't want to forget primal. Who he is. Exactly. Yeah, you he's know, a lot like a lot like uh, Jennifer Lopez in that regard. Yeah, yeah, wants to go back to his roots. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So ultimately, it is just. I mean, Sylvester being annoyed by this puppy, trying to fuck with the puppy. Yeah, but the thing is, he's like to begin with, he's not trying to fuck with the puppy. Like it's Butch is teaching the puppy to attack cats indiscriminately. Yeah, and like. Although Sylvester's the model of a first... cat is definitely Sylvester. Yeah, but I mean, I think that's maybe just classic because he just wrote on a cat. But then, like, Sylvester's reaction to that was to take the dog off his tail when the dog was attacking his tail, to take the dog off his tail and pop it under a can. He didn't hit it. He didn't try and kill it. He didn't get rid of it. He was like, I'm, this is annoying. I'm going to, like, this This thing's just popped up and just started gnawing on my tail, which is probably quite I'm painful. Pop it there. Started gnawing on his arm, probably quite painful, although Sylvester didn't seem to batter an eyelid. I think he's immune to pain now. Uh, but yeah, he just popped it under a can. And then Butcher's response was, I'm going to grab the cat, I'm going to pop the can on top of its head, and I'm going to hammer the can down, whilst the kid watched and thought it was great. He's teaching bad lessons. Yeah. Bad, bad lessons to this dog. Yeah, I mean, Butch was definitely, I don't know. Bad his, parenting, Butch. It was, it, bad it was, parenting, it was incredibly bad parenting. Like, he's clearly teaching him that, that like, machismo, above all, is the most yeah. important thing. Uh uh, yeah, it goes on, but it does get to the point where Sylvester is retaliating, sort of like to the same level. Well, like, kind of understandably, he's, uh, he's having his buttons pressed here. Yeah, like, but he does try and get a puppy killed in the road. Yeah, he does. He does also try to blow it up. But there again, um, I mean, you know, we know that dynamite doesn't work on everything, and we well, you know it doesn't work on Sylvester anymore. Yeah, I mean, definitely not. But also, he might not have necessarily been trying to get the kid killed by making it go and play with the traffic just teach it a lesson exactly i mean it's still everything needs to learn that lesson look both ways while you're crossing the road he's actually so. doing better parenting than butch i mean that's arguable like if i know if, and i am <laughs> yeah <laughs> if if your pair if your parents to teach you uh to look both ways uh like chucked your favorite thing just into the middle of the street yeah i would i would say that was bad. Oh yeah, I mean, definitely bad parenting. Yeah, yeah it's just yeah. you but still think is it's better than better butchers? than butchers. Was my point. Everything's relative. Exactly. Uh, one thing I did like uh, in this one, compared to the uh, Wiley Coyote situation, uh, is that Sylvester, even though it doesn't go well for him, yeah, does make savvier moves in trying to trap, yes, or, or injure things with. Uh, you know, various stuff than Wiley Coyote does. Like, yeah. Because uh, uh, he puts a very long fuse on his dynamite because he knows full well that whenever he tries to dynamite anything, there's going to be at least 10 to 15 seconds of cartoon antics. Yeah, back and forward with the stick. And he's come a cropper once too many. Because, like, even though dynamite can't kill him... It's got to hurt, s- though. It's still not enjoyable. No. 
And yeah, it's nice to see that even when it's not working out for him, Sylvester is still thinking about these things. He's still quite... He's had a lot of practice, though, hasn't he? He has, yeah. A lot of practice. Yeah, I mean, being being borderline immortal... <laughs> that'll do that. that that'll, that'll do it. It's like Highlander. Yeah. Well, I was going to say it's like Highlander, but actually I watched that the other week and they're all rubbish at sword fighting, so... I haven't seen Highlander in ages. I mean, you know, it's it's, it's, it's not good. <laughs> but I do like it. Well, yeah, but, you know, it's it's one of those films, isn't it? It's like, ah, go on then. I always thought that the song Who Wants to Live Forever yeah. was, like, about Freddie Mercury yeah, and was sort of, like, you know, knowing that he was going to die at some point yeah. pretty soon. Like, it was kind of a sort of send-off situation. Nope, written by Brian May for Connor and... Whatever her name is, you know, yeah. in the film Highlander. Moira, probably. Like, that's just. No, no, it, that, like, this song's ruined for me. Yeah, it's. um, What was the one that was done for uh, Thunderdome as well? I um, can't remember what's in Thunderdome. It's. Uh, what's her face? Tina Turner. Yeah, did yeah. It, like, Tina Turner did a song, and it's like. It's this brilliant but, 80s power ballad, but it. But the whole like, video is Thunderdome. Yeah, but and, and some of the lines are Life Beyond the Thunderdome. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we don't need it, another hero. We just need one? Life Beyond the Thunderdome. Yeah. And it's just like, you're like, this is a great 80s song. And out of context, it's like, what a banging song. And then you listen and you're like, hold on a second. This yeah. is all about the Thunderdome. Because I knew, I knew uh, Don't Lose Your Head. Yeah. Is obviously a classic, yeah, yeah. But, I did, but the rest, I presumed, were kind of just... Oh, and uh, Princes of the Universe. I knew that was yeah. for Highlander. The rest, I just thought, well, we've got two Queen songs. We'll just put some other Queen songs in. No. But it turns out the only one that's in it that wasn't written for Highlander was Hammer to Fool, which he's listening to on the radio in the car. There you go. Everything else, all, all, me- all meaning that I've attributed to those songs is gone because they've written just for Highlander. Oh, uh, Christopher Lambert. <laughs> Lambert. <laughs> uh, anyway, it got somewhat sidetracked there. It did, yeah. Um, so, I mean... Pappy's puppy, it, not really a lot to answer uh, or question, really. It was just kind of a like, you know, we seem to have a new bulldog, which may become a bit more of commonplace. But that I do find interesting because I've got to wonder, um, especially seeing as, like, don't forget, we weren't entirely convinced uh, one way or the other whether Sylvester had left the Gyptopian situation. That's true. We thought he had. Yeah. But. Uh, the interesting thing here to me is that a new bulldog has been introduced. By whom? Like, because it's not by Sylvester. If it were by Sylvester no. and he was like, oh, I just liked having a bulldog around and I kind of miss Hector. Yeah. Then I'd sort of get it as something that it was just like, I understand why it's been done and it's backfired. Yeah. Who's introduced this bulldog to the situation? Maybe it's just another bulldog. Yeah, may- maybe it's a glutton just to sort of for punishment or maybe he just can't quite let it go maybe he puts himself in a situation with this other maybe bulldog. he just needs to be in a proximity to a bulldog he's just hoping he's just hoping yeah. that maybe the next bulldog will be the, the bulldog that, home the bulldog home <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna it's say, a classic I was going to say Hector or, oh, right, okay, <laughs> but, but the bulldog home the bulldog home yeah. <laughs> but yeah I don't think it's answered very much uh, it doesn't even answer whether Sylvester's still in the money really no again I presume on paper, yes. Yeah, I mean, I guess so, but... I mean, he, he doesn't really seem like the sort who really need that much cash, though. No. No, I mean, he's quite... Well, just through years and years of poverty, presumably 
able to be quite frugal at this point. Yes, yeah, you'd have thought so. And I mean, you know, if he can live out of bins, you know, you probably just carry on living out of bins, don't you? Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, we'll keep, yeah, an, yeah, eye. We'll keep yeah. an eye on the whole situation. For you, the listeners at home, we'll keep an it's eye on it. It's a service we're providing. Yeah. For free, I might for add. For free, I might add. Uh, <laughs> I think that's probably about all we've got for this week. Uh, I think it is. Next week, we should finally reach the end of 1955. Oh, I can when smell, I saw I can we were in December episodes, I thought it was going to be a happy New Year situation this nah, week. Nah, not quite. Uh, nope, not quite. But we're moving on. Moving on. The, the, the 60s are in sight. Oh. The fewer episodes per year era is in sight. It's getting faster. Uh, but yeah, we've got a got a little way to go before that. Um, yeah. As ever, thank you for listening to the show. Uh, it's good to uh, to not be in this thing alone. Uh, and yeah, ultimately, uh, I think we're back on tu- we're back on Tuesdays like this recording. Is, yeah, so this, hopefully we're back on Wednesdays releasing. But right. I'm not going to make any promises because every promise I've made in the last few months has been uh, if like if not abjectly false. You know, not quite as yeah, but you know, we're, 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 we're taking a leaf out of the British government's book. Yeah, if the government can fuck around, why can't we? Exactly right. But yeah, we'll try and be back. It's coming out on Wednesdays again. Let's try this. As ever, we're going to leave you with a song. Uh, we thought long and hard about what the theme tune to uh, the Top Gun sequel, Guided Muscle, <laughs> would be, and uh, I mean. It's got to be Diana Ross, hasn't it? I think it has to be, really. It's an absolute quality she song. Wants, she wants muscles. She wants muscles, man. So uh, here's the theme tune uh, for Guided Muscle. So tune in next... We- I'm going to say it. Tune, tune in next Wednesday for another instalment of the Space Jam Continuum. Uh, until then, uh, thanks for listening and have a good one.
Guided muscle, then. Yeah. Um, Any Warner Brothers execs still listening? Here's 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 a good pitch to you. Here's a good one. Uh, guided muscle. This is going to be way better than Top Gun Two because I mean I haven't seen Top Gun Two, uh, but I mean I suppose but, there's no way this isn't better. But it could be a sequel to Top. I mean I don't know how Top Gun Two ends. I think it's more of like an introduction to like a spin-off. Like I yeah. think it's probably the last time in the soon-to-be much-loved guided muscle. Uh, <laughs> franchise I think it's the last time we probably see Maverick and Iceman yeah whose job it is uh, to fire uh, <laughs> what's his what's his first name Drake Drake Muscles yeah <laughs> Drake, to fire super spy Drake Muscles behind enemy lines from the like you know from the wing of a you know that <laughs> is is, uh, is he's in it like you know at the start is of he Me- in a tube or is he holding on? He's in you know at the start of Metal Gear Solid he's in like the torpedo yeah and they and like that's how he gets in he's in a in a missile and it's right. fired from the plane yeah but it's you know it's not primed it no just, no no it just it's just the a last tube. second parachute out the back and yeah. lands and that's how Drake muscles or does. It does does it separate and he comes out wearing the parachute? Yeah, I think he comes out like yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and he's like, got a hat, absolutely. And a dorm hat. On. Yeah, like, absolutely. The, the end of the missile's actually a hat. <laughs> yeah. So he's coming out. Drake muscles played yeah. by I know one one of the Chris's, one of the muscle bound Chris's. Yeah, Hemsworth. Hem, I think Hemsworth would be good. Hemsworth he's the voice, Carney. Yeah, I also think he's gonna pull off the sort of like aviators uh, yeah. and uh, like comb back blonde hair look. we'll have to come about when he gets fired out of a missile pal. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just puts loads of gel on gets in and then assumes the wind will do the work yeah. and it does and it every does time. every time <laughs> and he just sort of just before he's gone just, just turns and just lands on his yeah. feet and he's fine yeah yeah because he's Drake muscles because he's Drake muscles isn't he uh, and yeah and that's how they get in behind enemy lines what's he trying to do uh, like I know that uh because she did the, the theme tune yeah I would quite like Diana Ross to be uh like M, like the handler. Yeah, character. exactly. Yeah. I, I, like because uh, she can say, "I want muscles." I want muscles, sir. <laughs> so, so we've got to get, get me muscles. We've got, we've got to get somebody on this urgent thing. I want muscles. Yeah, so and then, she just picks up a red muscles. phone and goes, "Get me muscles." Yeah, and that's when we cut to them sort of strapping. In the jet, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's being launched. Fire this and 
Yeah. Uh, where, where, where's he going? What's he doing? First, f- first where's film. Where's he going? What's he doing? First film. Like Mr. Chips. What's Mr. Chips up to? Uh, what's Mr. Muscles about? I think it's probably going to be... I mean... It, like it feels like we should be back round to it being uh, like a Russia situation or a yeah. Chinese. Like yeah, it feels yeah. like it feels like we shouldn't have given up on communism being the problem. No, so I'm thinking um, Iceman's dad, like Top Gun, sort of shifted, but it was still like offshoot. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like this is still the fault. Of- I'm, I'm thinking Iceman's dad. Uh, went down in a plane during the oh, first yeah, Cold let's make it, War. Let's make it personal. Yeah, and he's... We don't see Iceman. He's uh, just someone in the helmet yeah. in the plane. So it's Val Iceman, Kilmer yeah. is playing uh, his, his dad. Uh, Iceman's dad. Yeah, <laughs> and his dad is... So is it set at the same time as Top Gun? I can't see why not. I can't think of a good reason for it not to be set at, <laughs> okay. at, at, at like a, a year after the events of Top Gun. All right, because we can use CG now to yeah, make, yeah. make uh, Val but Kilmer and Tom Have you Cruise seen Val Kilmer recently? Young. He looks like he would be Val Kilmer's dad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he's great. He's so, looked like Val Kilmer's dad since Kiss Kiss Bang now, Bang. He, he's, he's fallen behind enemy lines. Has he been turned? Is, is he now a communist or is he held prisoner? Is I, he going to be the main bad guy? I, no, I think they're worried he's been turned. Right. Uh, but he has Because they've got some communique with his tagline on but it. But Maverick's dad yeah. is also there. <laughs> and they're having and a the, dad the off. <laughs> and it's just Tom Cruise, yeah. obviously. Drake Muscles is just sort of there past <laughs> a certain point. <laughs> We've gone from this is the last time we see uh, Maverick and Iceman in the franchise to it just being <laughs> Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer-led film where they play their own dance. And tied enemy lights. And Chris, and Chris Hemsworth there nearby. with perfect hair. And greased up because greased up, yeah. he was in a missile. Yeah, but he's, he, he's obviously been sent behind to kind of take these guys out for some specific reason. Or at least one. find out which one's the bad guy. Take one out, rescue one. I think... Yeah, I think it gets very confusing. Keep I think we definitely one. get into a sort of Mexican standoff situation. Yeah. I think there's definitely a point where he's about to kill uh, Iceman's dad. Yeah. And then Maverick, that's when the reveal comes that Maverick's the real, the real now communist dad. Commie yeah. dads is really... It's like, guided muscles, commie dads. And Diana Ross can say, the Cold War is over muscles. <laughs> Because that's what M says all the time, and it, it pleases me. Yeah, because it's obviously not. Ah, <laughs> uh, co- commie dads as well. That's almost like commandant. I mean, yeah. Like, well, the next the, 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 we'll spin off immediately from the yeah. Drake Muscles franchise, <laughs> Commie Dads, which I think is more of a buddy movie. That's like, that's the prequel to Top Gun. I think it's about two commie dads trying to readjust to life <laughs> in the United States. And trying to reconnect with their uh, embarrassed, <laughs> disappointed sons. So also played by them, but CG to look young. So that's 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 another film that we've got to spin off on. Commie dads, yeah. Commie dads. Uh, how are we going to finish Guided Muscles though? How, how do we foresee this ending? I think both commie dads like, have to survive. Have so to otherwise, they can't go on and then get brought home. Yeah. But Drake Muscles, I think, still has unfinished business uh, behind the Iron Curtain. He, I think he probably falls in love. The Iron Curtain, you know, which, you know, supposedly is, uh, is no longer a thing because no. Top Gun was made in the 90s. But, but also know. also the Iron Curtain, it's not referring to, like, Russia. It's actually a uh, like a speakeasy uh, that's in Detroit. 
And he's still got business. <laughs> they don't go behind every line at any point. <laughs> they fire Drake muscles into his feet. <laughs> <laughs> Drake got the Iron Curtain. Uh, now, I think we've lost our way. Sorry, Warner Brothers. We'll try again next week with Guided Muscles. But, I mean, at least, the at least is, use the start. The start, yeah. that's, that's a goer. Get in contact. Uh, <laughs> send us some of your good people and they might be able to help us work through some of these <laughs> tiny, tiny with, kinks. Send us some of your best people. They'll be able to work with our bad people. Yeah. <laughs> I know some of these tiny, tiny kinks. They're little wrinkles at best. They're little not wrinkles. even kinks. It's, it's, a, it's a minor wrinkle. A bit of starch on that sort of All right. you need to know, Tom Cruise, Val Kilmer firing Chris Hemsworth, Hemsworth, a greased up Chris Hemsworth, yeah. out of a plane. With Diana Ross going, With Diana Ross muscles. saying, I want muscles. <laughs> So, like, I mean, the heavy lifting's been done for you. Get in touch. Pretty much. <laughs>